Hey everybody, it's that time again. We're going to do some crowd sorcery, which means I have spent a long time over the last 24 hours digging through all the different crowdfunding games that are ending their campaigns basically at the by the end of this month, uh, by the end of November, a little ways into December. And I have pulled out, I think, what is it? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 9, 10, 11. The 11 that really jump out at me as the big must-haves. And so maybe you'd be interested in these as well. Now, I should point out, just because there are must-haves for me doesn't mean for you. I'm somebody who really needs to focus on two-player gameplay that isn't really directly competitive, head-to-head, -head, destroying and smashing and stealing and stuff like that. Um, also, I'm really not looking for light party games. I'm looking for nice, crunchy, uh, mid-to-heavyweight Euros. And if you're like me, then you might want to know about a few of these because they'll be gone soon. And so... Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Without any further ado, folks, let's start talking about the first one on the list, and it is Unconscious Minds, which, folks, at the time I'm filming this, this is only live for three more hours. I'm sorry, I should have gotten... But, of course, I've already done a paid preview for this anyway, so you can check out my run-through to see what Jen and I thought of this game. I think this is an early odds-on favorite for my top 10 of 2023. The publisher... Um, Arcana, is it? Oh, what is the name? Or Fantasia. Uh, they've already made one of my top 10 favorite games for 2022, Endless Winter. And this game is gorgeous, all about uh, you know the, the birth of psychoanalysts. We're studying with Freud. We're doing really brilliant worker placement and Rondell gameplay. There is so much going on in this game. I cannot do it justice in this quick little quippy one minute. Uh, so go check out my run-through and go check out the page. The link for it and everything I'm talking about is in the show notes. It ends in just a few hours. Unconscious Minds uh, ends on today, November 22nd. Oh my gosh, this game is so freaking brilliant. But let's talk about the next one, Helionox Chronicles, which is a deck building game where players are working... Um, to save the solar system from a sun that is slowly dying, the, dying, the Helionox effect. I covered this game many years ago when it was a competitive deck builder. Now this new version is a campaign-driven solo or cooperative game. And again, you can check out my uh, sponsored preview for this if you want to know more about it. Links for that. In addition, to everything that we've covered on the channel and all the uh, Kickstarter links are down in the show notes if any of these are interesting to you. Um... And you can watch my video for it. This thing ends also... No, this one ends tomorrow, the 23rd. And uh, actually, probably the most important thing to me about this is, after Jen and I played it, I found I enjoyed it more as a solo game than a co-op game because I would have liked to see a couple little structural changes. They've made those structural changes. So um, I've actually had a little bit to say about the direction of this game um, in that uh, you get bigger, more powerful, expansive turns, and I cannot wait to try 
try it that way. Um, actually, you'll be able to see a little bit more of this because Ruel Gaviola is going to be doing a live playthrough of Heliodox Chronicles today on our Twitch channel. So, folks, you've got a little bit more time to check out Heliodox Chronicles ending on the 23rd. Okay, after that, we have got Zoo Tycoon also ending on the 23rd. And here's the deal, folks. Um, you know, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Ark Nova is already an amazingly brilliant game. Made my top 10. It was like my number two uh, top-rated game for last year. Uh, big, heavy, crunchy, zoo and conservancy simulation game. Zoo Tycoon is the same thing. I can't imagine this one is quite as heavy and crunchy uh, as Ark Nova, but I love that this is kind of um, you know delving into the same concepts of, hey, I need to run a successful business. I want a zoo that brings in a lot of people with popular animals, but I also want to focus on conservancy efforts, trying to help the animals in the live in, in the wild and make these animals' lives that much better. Um, you know, both games uh, do that, but this game, unlike Ark Nova, really focuses on the animals. Ark Nova is more of a business running simulation with the animals there, but kind of abstracted out. Here it is all about the animals with all these really cool little, um, uh, what do you call them? Meeples to represent all the different animals. And um, you spend a lot more time, uh, you know, paying attention to the individual needs and the ongoing care for the animals. And uh, the whole um, juxtaposition of focusing on, you know, the business of running a zoo and conservancy is maybe stronger here because in this game, <clears throat> you got to focus on both. And whichever you do a worse job on, that's your final score. In Ark Nova, you could really focus on one or the other, and it's where the two meet. So... I love the changes here. I love the stronger focus on animals. It feels like it's a bit more thematic, a bit less abstract. And I could see this being, if you like Ark Nova, but you're looking for something a bit lighter to play in a given day, or something that is a bit more thematic, you might want to check out Zoo Tycoon, you know, based on the insanely popular Evergreen video game series. And that is ending on the 23rd as well. Okay, now let's move on to the next day, the 24th. This is Hero, the Emergency Room board game. And um, this is not the first time I have talked about games that uh, focus on trying to successfully run a hospital, or in this case, an emergency room, to keep people alive. I love that theme every time I've ever seen it, and I'm always looking um, for more games that cast us in the role of brave people selflessly just trying to save other people. So I love the story here. Also, I love that this is a competitive or a cooperative game. A lot of times, it's really weird. Hospital simulations have us being competitive, which is no, we should be working together to save people. So when I saw that this has a cool co-op mode, I was really interested. At its heart, it's a very simple game. You are one doctor, um, you've got a 12-hour shift, and you are running around, literally, uh, you can walk or you can run from room to room, trying to grab specialists, even other players or, you know, um, uh, you know off-duty doctors who you call in to move them to the right rooms to be able to treat the patients who need certain things. All the while, every time you do stuff, you're building up chaos tokens. And if you get too many of them, you lose the game. Um, and uh, so, what do you need to do? Well, every once in a while, you need to carve out a little bit of time for yourself. Take a break. Go to the break room. Maybe even get some sleep so you can come back at it stronger. I, As I was looking at the game, and I saw, oh, you know, by default, they really pitch it as a competitive game. I'm like, okay, I see this is cool because, oh, you know, we're, we're vying for the most glory and all of that, but I can actually work with you. If you have the medical skills that I need to take care of my patient, I can pull you over to me and then we both get benefits. And I'm like, okay, that's cool, but 
When I saw that you could play it cooperatively and we're all working together to make it through this shift and save everybody, that's what really got me excited. Now, Hero, the Emergency Room board game, it ends on November 24th, and it looks pretty cool to me. Very, very thematic. Nothing abstracted out. This is not a business simulation. This is you on the emergency floor saving lives as fast as you can, which is what really pulls me in. Okay, let's talk about the next one. Survival of the Fattest, which is a game that Amy and Maggie covered on the channel. And uh, you can watch their run-through. You've got until the 24th to check this out. This game is freaking gorgeous. Um, cute, uh, cartoony, wonderful art representing all the woodland critters that are just trying to forage and scavenge and get the food they need to be able to survive the upcoming long, harsh winter. It's a card drafting game um, where I think the thing that really makes it stand out, aside from the absolutely stunning art, is the uh, concept of whichever character you play has radically different special powers that really changes the feel of the game. There is one in there that's actually pretty aggressive against other players. I don't think I'd want to ever play Old Grizz. But the other characters... Uh, again, uh, you can watch Amy and Maggie's uh, run-through of it. It just seems so incredibly, overwhelmingly charming, um, with some actually fun, smart, card-drafting, recipe-fulfillment type stuff as well. And But the presentation is just off the roof. I want to see this on my table in front of me. I'm kind of jealous that Amy and Maggie got to cover it. It looks absolutely fantastic. It ends on the 24th, Survival of the Fattest. Okay, now let's talk about... Haunticulture. This one, I have not covered at all, but um, it looks really interesting to me. Uh, this is a game where we are spooky, creepy, kind of Halloween-type characters trying to um, grow gardens. Uh, but gardens full of spooky, creepy, and, you know, comic, silly, uh, you know, uh, what do you call them? Vegetables that we're trying to grow. Now, what really pulled me in, um, you know, the subject matter is cool. I like the presentation. But this is a worker play placement game that surprisingly reminds me of Brussels 1893, which is an incredibly rich uh, uh, worker placement game where on your turn, your cards are your workers, you place them into a grid, um, and one of the things you're doing, wherever you place them in the grid, that's actually like an auction bid uh, if you're in a given row or a given column. And the more uh, you can try to get into that row or column, the stronger a, uh, a claim you can make on the cards on the outskirts that you're trying to grab. That works so brilliantly in Brussels 1893 that I would love to see it in more games, and Haunticulture has that. Now, what Haunticulture does in addition is all the cards have unique special abilities, and they have a regular one and an upgraded one, depending on if you can get enough of your cards in a row, um, you know, uh, so that you can trigger bigger moves. And uh, then... After all that is done, and we end up grabbing what we want to when we're done with that first half, you know, deploying our, our spooky gardeners, then we um, actually grab tiles and we do some nice tiling to actually design our um, actual garden as well. So... Uh, this game looks sharp. I've played games that are similar to it, that are big, heavy, long, complex games. This looks like it's probably more of a you know gateway or maybe a gateway plus. And I am very, very interested in seeing how they took that formula and did new, interesting stuff with it, which is what really drew my eye to Haunticulture, which ends on November 26th. Okay, then let's moving on to On the Underground, Paris and New York. Now, I did 
coverage, feels like years ago, for the previous On the Underground, which was Berlin and London, if I recall correctly. And so, this new one is a standalone game. Uh, it introduces new rules. This game is all about trying to build the correct you know, rail lines to get passengers who are incredibly lazy where they need to go. Uh, it is, I should warn you right now, folks, a very analysis-paralysis-prone game. But I, I also have to admit, when I t- covered this a couple of years ago, I did one of my rare... Tom Vassell was right. He's raved about this game for decades, it seems like. And um, I finally, when I got a chance to play it, I could agree, it is a very, very sharp game. And so a new version of it's coming out that adds new extra rules. You can get both the original one that I covered and this new one with the extra rules. And uh, yeah, if you're looking, if, if you've got people who uh, thought, yeah, that Ticket Rider's pretty cool. You got something like it that we can take to the next level? This takes it to the next level. Again, I warn you, Super crunchy. When uh, my wife and I played it, we found, wow, the analysis paralysis can go deep. But uh, for something that seems like such a simple, little, elegant uh, route-building game, the crunch is there and really allows for a lot of replayability and an amazing presentation. The game looks stunning. I love the art style of it. And you have until November 29th to check out On the Underground the new Paris and New York maps, or which, again, is a standalone. Okay, after that, oh, this is an interesting one. Kimberly did a sponsored preview for Ocean's Legend of the Deep. And I covered Ocean's a couple of years ago. And Ocean's, to this day, I still think is one of the greatest modern um, card game Euro-style designs of all time. Ocean's is up there with your Race for the Galaxies and um, so many other games. Uh, My problem with Ocean's has always been, well, it is a fish-eat-fish game where we're trying to evolve our species to either eat our neighbors or protect ourselves from our neighbors. I've always thought it was so brilliant, but it was a little bit too cutthroat, the original Oceans. This new Legends of the Deep adds two new modules. One are actual Legends of the Deep that give you special player powers that look very, very cool. You can check out Kimberly's sponsored uh, solo run-through she did of the game to see how these really change up the experience. They seem awesome. I can't imagine playing without them um, if you had Oceans and you had the Legends of the Deep. What really draws me in, though, is the new solo mode where you can actually play uh, not trying to eat all the fish of your neighbors to the left and the right and you know all that player versus player stuff, but you can play a solo game up against an automated gigantic whale and a gigantic shark, both of whom uh, have different personalities and you know, fo- uh, you know really make you focus in the same way that it does in a multiplayer game. Now, here's the deal, folks. When I talked about Oceans a couple of years ago, I was like, boy, I really hope they develop a solo because then it seems like they'd just be one step away from making a co-op. They made the solo, and I watched Kimberly's video, and I do not see why that solo cannot be modified into a cooperative game where you and I both sit down, we are both equally affected by the whale and the shark, and um, it's just that you know we're both kind of playing our own game, our own solo game, and we're competing to see who can come out against the whale and the shark best. This is in no way, shape, or form a uh, you know an authorized rule set. This is a a variant that having studied this game myself, I don't see why it wouldn't work. 
And because Oceans is so amazing, but too cutthroat for me and Jen, any chance I've got of being able to play it in a more live and let live with my wife, but be cutthroat against the gigantic shark is just perfect for us. So I definitely want to check this out. And here's the other interesting thing. Um, on Board Game Geek, the developer said, yeah, we think the solo is really only going to be in this Kickstarter. We'll print a few extra copies. We'll sell them while supplies last on our, our website. But this is apparently never going to go uh, to um, retail. So this is your shot, folks. I can't guarantee it'll work well to turn Oceans into a co-op game with the Legends of the Deep. But again, from looking at it, I think it will work. And I want to try this myself, which is why I am so excited about Oceans, Legends of the Deep. You've got until November 29th to check it out. Watch um, uh, Kimberly's video. Tell me if I'm crazy down in the show notes. I'm, it's so crazy, I think it just might work. Okay, then let's go on to Gathering Gloom. Uh, this is a game ending its run on November 30th. This is the latest time I've talked about it. Uh, back in April, it had its first run. Ryan did a wonderful How to Play Rules video. Then it had a second run a couple of months ago. I did an actual full run-through of it. And um, both those times, sadly, it failed to fund. But they are back and they have funded because they went back to the drawing board. They really stripped down and simplified the components. They came up with uh, new strategies and were able to make a funding target goal that they can actually achieve. And I'm so glad they did. Now, you can watch Ryan's excellent rules run-through or my uh, gameplay run-through, maybe less excellent. It's up to you to decide to see what it's all about. But I think this cooperative game that really captures the feel of the old um, TV, black and white soap opera Dark Shadows. All you could think in a more modern parlance, it's kind of like a, a, a really kind of macabre uh, take on the Adams Family, where we are a bunch of kooky characters living up on a spooky mansion just trying to get by, even if that means we have to engage in a little extortion, a little murder, a little um, you know intimidation, who knows. But it's really sharp, and I'm so happy that they have been able to find a path towards getting it funded. Uh, there's a lot of really cool elements to it, uh, the most important being that as you are chased by the townsfolk, the townsfolk themselves level up, and if they become more powerful, you might want to actually recruit them to your side. Sharp, sharp game. Uh, really quirky and incredibly offbeat. And again, I'm just over the moon happy for them. And uh, if you want to check it out, folks, you have until November 30th. Okay, a couple more games. Let's talk about Copan Dying City, which ends on December 1st. I did another sponsored preview for this so you can see what it's all about. This game uh, does... It's interesting. Most Euros have you starting out with very little. Uh, you, you can't really get many resources, and over the course of the game, things start to build up. You build your engine, you start to snowball, and by the end of the game, you've got... You're a captain of industry. This game is the opposite, because it does tell the story of a dying city. Um, you know, Near the end of the Inca Empire, uh, Copan, uh, people are leaving in droves, and we are trying to keep the city alive, and the city is in the neighboring countryside. Um, but over the course of the game, at the beginning of the game, it is a land of plenty. There's Everything you need uh, is there. It's easy to get tons of resources and do lots of Euro-y style um, worker placement type actions. But over the course of the game, as the resources start to dry up and there are fewer and fewer opportunities, things get tough and challenging as you race to try to um, you know, give back to the city as much as you can so your name is remembered in history. I love this story. I love 
flipping and turning on its head the traditional um, you know, Euro-style uh, start small, build big. Here we build big and try to survive as we get shrunken down. Also, it's got some very, very cool worker placement elements to it too. A very neat uh, twist on worker placement bumping. Now, in my experience playing it two-player, the bumping wasn't really there. I actually made some suggestions in my final thoughts for how it could be improved and there could be a little bit more interaction directly between players. I don't know if they've uh, taken it on board. Wow, this is my uh, this is my episode for homebrew variants, isn't? Uh, I mean, they, I know they did take my ideas for um, Helianox and change things up. I've got some ideas for Oceans. I want to try myself, and I've definitely got some ideas for this too. But the gameplay itself is brilliant. Jen and I were really, really impressed. Incredibly fun, compelling game, and again, it really just makes you look at Euros in a completely new and different way. Uh, and we were very impressed by Copan, Dying City, which ends on December 1st. And finally, the last one, folks, on December 2nd, we've got series. Now, this is a uh, uh, mining the Dwarf Planet series, which is, uh, whether it's an asteroid or a dwarf planet, I don't know if that's uh, controversial or not, but the important thing is we've gotten to Mars, it's the future, and we are trying to mine the asteroid belt doing worker placement. And, you know, I've covered a lot of worker placement games over the years, and it's always getting harder and harder for me to find worker placement that does something interesting to me that really pulls me in, and this game does. Because I've got my own personal workers that basically I can deploy to my own personal worker placement spots that I'm building up over the course of the game as I invest in infrastructure on Mars. But there is also a communal group of workers, the workers of Mars, instead of my you know, personal managers. And the thing is, oh, I've got it backwards. So my workers, I can actually send out to Mars to do all kinds of actions, recruiting, uh, investment, building, all kinds of stuff. But then there on the main board, there are workers who are coming to Mars and they are a communal pool. And I grab them and bring them over to my own personal infrastructure I've made. So you've got like almost two completely different worker placement games going on simultaneously. One that plays more normal. I've got my workers. Hey, once uh, once you've grabbed all those spaces on the board, I can't go to the uh, launching mining probes space anymore. So I got to get there before they're all gone. You know, that kind of stuff. But then while you're focusing on that, trying to figure out what are my priorities, I've got these other priorities too, because the common worker pool, those workers are getting gobbled all up because we need them as a resource to activate our own personal worker placement spots that we've invested in. And so this is a game all about trying to balance and figure out what are my priorities, and your priorities are constantly shifting depending on what your opponents do. Uh, it's a very cool, fun, satisfying game, and like I said, anytime a worker placement game comes along that does something really new and interesting and different, I am there. Uh, this is from Artipia Games. They are a longtime favorite of mine. I've always been very impressed by the games they put together. And I already know this game is great because I did a preview for it. My link for it is down in the show notes. And that is series. It ends its run on December 2nd. So you've got a little bit of time to check it out. Oh my gosh, and did I mention the asteroid belt rotates? It's cool. All righty. That is it, folks. Another crowd sorcery done and dusted. Those were the games um, from November 22nd to December 2nd. Very interesting. The links are down in the show notes. And thanks, as always, for watching, folks. Uh, go on ahead and click those or subscribe. And that's it. I've really got to stop now because i got to get ready for filming the R&R &R show. And then Ruel is going to be doing his Helionox video. And we haven't figured out how to do that. Technically, how I'm going to throw to him. And so I've got a lot of work to do. And really, by now, you've probably clicked a thing, right? Because this is going to end at any second, as it often does. And I imagine I've already been cut off 